With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, listeners, to Art Fair Radio. This is Connie Mettler, publisher of ArtFairCalendar.com, an online listing of the nation's top art fairs, ArtFairInsiders.com, a social networking site for artists, ArtShowReviews.com, where you will find reviews of art fairs for artists from artists, and CallsForArtists.com, your online source for finding shows all over the country looking for artists. Our topic today is how art fairs choose and run their juries. We're going to talk about how shows choose juries, what you ask them to do, the jury instructions, what you can do to enhance your chances of acceptance, and exactly what an artist receives for the jury fees. One of the charms of the art fair business is that every event has its own idiosyncrasies and no two are alike, nor is there jurying. Many standards have been applied to try to level the playing field for the artist applicants. Today's panel was specifically chosen to show two different methods of jurying from two separate sections of the country. Plus, we'll have input from a juror who has participated in a variety of juries, also with a great art background. Today's guests are Mo Riley from the Ann Arbor Street Art Fair, the original, Lynn Sedlak Ford from Art in the Pearl in Portland, Oregon, and juror, juror Jerry Allen Gilmore, who has juried 14 of the top national festivals. We'll take your calls at the end of the show, so get your questions together. We'll also be posting the information on artfairinsiders.com where you can leave comments and even more questions. Welcome, everyone. It's great to speak with you today. Thank you for your time. Hello, Mo. Hello, Connie. How you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Okay. And Lynn, are you there? I'm here. Okay. Welcome, Lynn. And Jerry, how about you? Yes, I'm still here. Thanks. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm going to start with Mo. Uh, Mo, just tell us a, a short introduction, something about yourself and the Ann Arbor Street Art Fair. Well, I have a BFA from the University of uh, Wisconsin-Milwaukee. I'm originally a cheesehead and still a cheesehead. Um, my background is in uh, producing festivals and events, and originally um, from the performing arts perspective, but transitioned into the visual arts when I became the director of the Detroit Festival of the Arts, which sadly is no more. I came to Ann Arbor in 2010, replacing longtime executive director Sherry Brown, who retired. Um, the original 
Fair, which is the street fair, is one of four that comprise the Ann Arbor Art Fair. We have been going since 1960 and uh, are, I think, uh, pretty well respected in the industry. Okay. All right. I grew up in um, at Art Fairs at, in Ann Arbor, so I certainly know a lot about that one. Lynn, <laughs> tell me something about yourself and the history of your show. Okay, the one thing about myself is I am an exhibiting artist. I This is the end of my 24th year making a living this way. Um, so that puts me in a really u- unique per, um, area. But Art in the Pearl is run by all artists. We started 17 years ago. We just finished our 16th year, which was very successful. We... A good percentage of us all exhibit and compete for shows across the country. And so we're able to walk on both sides. When we started the show, we wanted it to be the highest quality um, art show run by artists. We're 100% volunteer. Nobody is paid on our board. We're a grassroots organization that focuses on education and community and keeping our show in the highest um, quality we can. Now, let me see a little bit more about myself. Okay, so is my education, actually my first degree was in psychology, worked in that about a decade, my master's in art therapy. So really neither is related to this, but I just was always an artist and had to return to this. And I okay. absolutely love the lifestyle. <laughs> this is a good lifestyle. Okay, Jerry, tell me a little bit about yourself and your relationship with the art fairs. Well, I'm a visual artist first and foremost, and then I've been a curator, administrator in museums, art centers, universities for over 30 years. Um, I got started in art fairs in 2003 when Cherry Creek asked me to be a juror on their panel. Found it very intriguing, saw wonderful art, 2,400 artists applied for that show, and just really um, wanted to keep in touch with what was going on. And actually what I did do the first year that I did Cherry Creek is we took a few artists out of that show and actually gave them uh, single exhibitions at the Arvada Center, which is in Colorado. Okay, and so from your start with Cherry Creek, then you have uh, launched out and um, worked with mostly Zap shows, Jerry, or have you have been involved well, with other yeah. ones? Uh, they're mostly zapped. It's just that, that I think um, I think it's always been zapped. Uh, Cherry Creek, the first time I did it, it was all projectors, very hot in the room, 2,400 slides. They had to pull slides, all this stuff. Zap has been revolutionized the uh, art fair business and uh, the screening for jurors. So mostly zapped, I would say. Okay, so so you years. have mm-hmm. so you have been in, present at uh, slide juries as well as the newer system, correct? Yes. Oh yes. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Okay. And and what about what about you, Lynn? When you first started your show, were were you doing the slides? It was all slides and envelopes mm-hmm. returning. Um everybody their slides back after the jury filling up those carousels, everything. Cuz we've only been with that. I think this is our fifth or sixth year. I'd have to look. And, and Mo, have you run well, for uh, first... shows where you were doing slides? Oh, certainly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I I began with the slide uh, juries as well, and uh, now I've done it from both the small show module that was not projected when I was with the 
Detroit Festival of the Arts and the projected jury that we do here at the Street Art Fair. Okay, so so the three of you have have seen the transition over into the digital upload, which is. Uh, really um uh, many many ways changed um the art fair business and certainly has made show directors lives a little easier i think a lot easier and actually artists too so i i because i've been on both sides myself okay let's i'd like to talk about now lynn and mo you have um really distinctively different art fair juries mo yours is such a, a very unusual one and Basically, what I hear, some of the complaints I hear from artists, of course, is that um, they didn't have anybody in my category jurying. And I know that the Ann Arbor Street Art Fair has gone to great extreme lengths to avoid this. Uh, can you tell us briefly about the makeup of your jury and how it runs? Sure. We are a bit of an anomaly in um, the industry in that we jury with panel sessions. Um, we have a, uh, four sessions and then a fifth session that's a composition session. And the, the first session will be wood, furniture, and clay. The next session is jewelry and metal. Then we'll do the third one is all the 2D media. And the fourth one is sculpture, 3D mixed media, fiber, and glass. So we bring in an entirely new jury panel for each, uh, or a whole, an entirely new group of jurors for those panels, which allows us to have people with far more expertise to those mediums. And do uh, you use some of the same jurors year to year? Well, we have a jury advisory board that continues from year to year. Uh, they're actually on a six-year term limit uh, basis. And one jury advisory board member is in each of the panel sessions. And then they, that jury advisory board member comes back to the fifth composition session. Okay. And what is the composition section? Well, we take the uh, results of each of the panels, and it, uh, we go through it and really comprise a single wait list and then determine the balance of the show. Okay. So that the composition is, is when you take, look at all the scores, the information, and make, choose the show, Correct. Well, we, that, it happens in both places. Um, the, the jury advisory board in the composition session uses the work of the panel, but um, we do a single wait list, so the um, jury advisory board will look at the, the middle range people and, and place them in order in the wait list. The jury advisory board member that was in the panel session can change a score. Um, that will affect where a person falls on the wait list. And plus, okay. we don't have any fixed number of artists in any particular medium. We have sort of a target range, but if a particular medium is really strong in one year, we may uh, choose more artists, say more painters, because painting submissions are particularly strong, and fewer clay artists because we don't feel that our clay submissions are, are as strong. Okay. And the composition session um, determines that. Okay, great. Okay, Lynn, tell tell us um, what kind of um, a jurying system that you have. So we have a two-day, a very long day, um, where the 
all the artists who make it finally to the end of the last day, they have had their work viewed um, five times before that final score. We have five jurors. Three of them are made up from um, the peers, which are people who also make a living this way on the, you can say on the street, I guess, if you want. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, We look for diversity of knowledge and experience and expertise. And so we very carefully select, but we try to make sure that every base is covered. Just because one person is working in two-dimensional does not mean that they did not work in, you know, take their first degree was in metalsmithing. And if you a lot of people will only, the artist might see that someone is listed in a certain category. We don't have on the website their entire, and I guess I'm sitting thinking that might be good <laughs> for them to know that maybe, you know, they did, they worked at, the, you know, Pilchuck for, you know, one semester or whatever. But we try to get a very diverse, knowledgeable um, jury every year. They are new. The way our scoring system works, is the highest scores get in. It doesn't matter what the media category is. We use our wait list to balance out our show. And that is where we're similar to Mo in that we go, okay, wow, you know, we're really strong in this category. We have, you know, way too many. And we want our artists to do very well. So we don't want 40 jewelers, no matter how excellent they are. So the line has to be cut off. We will not even put, if we have 40 people who got in which in jewelry, which would be a really bad thing, um, there would not be a single jeweler on the wait list because we mm-hmm. want the whole show to be as balanced as possible. That's okay. just an example. Okay. Jerry, when you have served on um, some of the jury panels that you've been on, often t- um, shows will have, artists who participated in the show on the juries. What do you think about that? Well, usually my experience for the 14 shows on a national level, there's always five jurors. Usually two of those are from the festival circuit artists that have won awards the year before. I think that they're the strongest uh, advocates for the festivals because they want, they're looking for the quality to be matched up against their booth when the festival actually occurs. I think the artists that are on the jury panels are some of the hardest critics, and I say that with all due respect. They're very, very uh, meticulous and are detail-oriented in who they choose. I find it's very refreshing for them, their comments, after the uh, first go-through. Their comments are always really precise and very detailed about what we're looking at. So I, I really prefer artists to be on that panel. And and I would imagine their comments are less academic, they, and they see and know things beyond the imagery, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a lot of uh, technique, uh, the process, mm-hmm. technique, uh, presentation, which can go down to framing, matting, everything. It always eventually goes to the boost shot. But um, I I've always enjoyed that they're the most knowledgeable people about one particular medium, especially. Say it's photography, or you just want to listen to those people talk about photography and why this is good and why this isn't so good. So I think it's been very helpful as an administrator. I'm an artist myself, but um, as an administrator and a curator, I look for one thing, and they're looking for a totally different balance and 
believe me, when we actually get past that first round, the discussions are incredibly knowledgeable for everybody. And and you probably learn some new things from them, correct? Uh, yes. Oh, a tremendous. Uh, uh, I mean, if I wasn't yeah. I will, if I wasn't really up in ceramics, I've learned so much more about clay in the last two or three years. You know, right, so. all about what the what the different cones mean and uh, why the jewelers should be saying things like hand fabricated to get the the points across. Right, and uh-huh. and then and yeah, so they're okay. Um, so let's see, why why would Jerry? Why would a person want to be a juror? Um, I find it. When I first did it in 2003, it was the most fascinating thing I'd ever seen. We did a three-day event at Cherry Creek. I saw 2,400 people's work. Yes, it's very fast, the process, but um, you do absorb the people that stick out in your mind and stand out. I just find it's really wonderful to see the work that's going on across the nation. And a lot of the uh, people that works, work in um, fine art, crafts, and stuff, well, I'm never going to see them as a curator sitting in Colorado. So I do a lot of these things for my own benefit down the road. But it's just the idea of seeing all this different artwork going on. And um, there are artists from Florida and Georgia and stuff that I've never heard of that are tremendous artists that could be in museums anywhere. But, you know, this is a big country. This is a way for me to really see a, a very wide slice of the pie artistically. I imagine it's pretty exciting. And here's the other, it sounds like you're a, a serious advocate for art fairs and that the art is legitimate at the art fairs, yes? Yes, I'm very serious about it, yes. Yes. They, I was um, at the Plaza Art Fair one year at the Artist Awards breakfast, and the juror, now this was some time ago, stood up and said to the artist some, something to the effect that, this is a street juror, that you, your duty here is to educate the public and not have so much sellable work. Mm-hmm. And the artists were just horrified. This man had a job, right? He had a job. Easy for him to say. <laughs> Very, so that, that was uh, something you know, that was like, this guy is not on our side. Where, and sometimes that's what you hear the artists say. They complain, oh, these people are curators, they're professors, what do they know? And yet um, I think that um, it seems as though most of the people who end up during the shows these days really get the whole art fair thing. Um, Mo, do you, do you pay your jurors? We pay them an honorarium, a stipend for their time, yes. Um, and how about you, Lynn? Do you? We we get what well, I don't see it as pay because the amount of time and commitment they make, there's no way that we can afford to pay them. So we give them a you can call it a stipend, we give them a gift. A financial okay. gift. A fin- a gift. That's a nice way to put it. Okay. So um but Connie, you know yes. can I comment on, on the last comment about um the nature of the jury? Because we do use a lot of academics in our jury. Not exclusively, we try and mix it up. But one of the reasons one of the value part of the value that I think um people from academia bring is object objectivity. Um, I feel that you know a professor that's used to scoring student work or evaluating student work has the ability to look at work 
um, without the subjectiveness that we sometimes see from um, from the from artists. So I just wanted to add that as a, a caveat for why it's not always bad to have some academia uh, represented in the jury panel. Right. Okay. Well, and then then that takes me back to, to Lynn. Um, are your your jurors are are they all artists? Street, no, street three artists is fine. I, um, okay. Of this, I try to have the other two composed of either education, um, administrative in an you know an art museum or a gallery owner. I like the balance. I really appreciate what um, Jerry said about the artists to the street fair. Um, I don't know what else to use. Well, <laughs> that doesn't offend anyone. But advocate, they are out on the street and they see if one person juries with a particular style of work and then they go to the show and they see what they actually exhibit, it's nice to have their feedback. But it's also really good to have, you know, almost half of our jury comprised of, you know, either education or, you know, someone outside so we're not mm-hmm. just, you know, it, it opens it up. Okay. All right. So then my next question is, what is the goal of choosing the particular artists that you choose for your show? This should be, Momo, let's ask you. The uh, criteria we use, uh, we instruct our jurors to judge on technique, design, color and texture, originality, inventiveness, and artistic merit. Do you ever ask this question about, um, do you ever ask for price ranges? No. No. We, okay. we do not. But, right. you know, you, you know we're, we're, again, a bit of an anomaly in the whole world, because partly because we're one quarter of the whole of Ann Arbor, and um, I think we, each of the Ann Arbor fairs has sort of a distinct flavor. Um, we also don't require a booth. We don't, the jurors don't see a booth image um, in our jury panels. So um, sellability isn't one of the things that we consider. I want to say that I'm. That is one of the things that I really hate to hear when I hear that it, that is one of the considerations for a jury. I mean, to me, having participated in art fairs, if you don't sell at the art fair, you don't go back. You don't need that jury making that choice for me. Artists select out for themselves the events that will work for them and the ones that won't. So when I hear that artists, uh, that jurors are being asked to look at the price ranges, I, I really don't like that. Jerry, have you encountered that? You know, I've never had any instruction from any festival director to look at Great. price points. Great. And I wouldn't okay, if that... I had that instruction. I would. I just look at the art first and foremost. Oh. Right. Okay. That's what I like. And how about you, Lynn? Do you, is that part of yours? No. Saleability. They, that's blocked. That's blocked, so they're not able to see. When we have the jury, you know, the images are projected across the screen, and then they have the laptops in front of them, and they are not able to see. And the laptops show the smaller image, but. I, we block it so that you don't see the price range. We are not about marketability. We're about education. And um, 
and that's the focus of our show. Okay, good. Okay, so here's here is one of the main questions I hear over and over from artists. One of the really big questions is how are they getting their money's worth from a forty dollar application fee when the jury only sees their images for a few seconds? How can you justify this 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 application fee? How about you, Lynn? What's what's your answer on that? I think that forty dollars is a lot of money. And I understand um people's concern and I have watched over the last twenty four years going from, you know, ten dollars up to forty. But I think most shows do use the jury fees as um part of an operating cost. Now getting into all the specifics it's really difficult to try to give people as much clarity as possible. I think that as show promoters, of course I walk on both sides, we have tried to become far more transparent so that people can understand that we're giving them the fairest shake possible. Now, in doing the jury thing, it isn't that isn't the only aspect, and I'm sorry if I go off on, because this is like such a huge topic. I feel like it's it an us and them thing, and I feel like I'm an us and a them. So, you know, and we're really unique in being a show that's promoted by artists, trying to have it done the best way, and none of us being paid, and every single penny going into trying to make the best show that can be out there. Um, but when the applications come in, what we do is they're all viewed. And that takes days. And then when the application closes, we go through all the applications again. We want to, if there's we have any questions, we contact the artist. We even do, if we're a little questioning about a certain artist, whether or not this is valid work, we search them all over the Internet. We want to have the best show possible. That's only two aspects of the jury system. Then we have that two-day-long thing. And how do you put a dollar value on something? The end result is if an artist is able to score into a show where the possibility of large quantity of income is possible, you know, it's more of a gamble that the artist is taking. Like, I hear the show is excellent. I am going to take that gamble to try to see if I can get in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm jumping mm-hmm. all over because it's such a huge topic. It is a huge topic. I, I know. And there are so many different answers to it. And I um, know that it's it's much beyond that few seconds. I guess when people, sometime back, uh, people stopped calling them jury fees and called them application fees because that covers all of the different things that you're talking about, an application fee, more than that projected few seconds, correct? Yes, I would I would concur with that. Yeah. So so Mo, what how do you I don't I don't really know what either Lynn or Mo what their jury fees are and I don't really care. I mean, I care. I want them to be zero, but um, <laughs> but what but then what, we wouldn't uh, be in operation. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Free is not a business plan. I I just recently yeah. learned that. <laughs> I don't know what took me so long, but I I did hear yeah. that. So so you know, what, how do you what is your answer to this question, Mo? Well, I would echo a lot of what Lynn said. I mean, and but first of all, say that it's really not five seconds. Um, 
you know, one of the reasons that we jury the way we do is it allows more time per applications. But even in the big shows that do multiple rounds, it might be five seconds in the first round, but you heard Jerry talk about um, how much discussion there is. And that's, that's true. It's not just... It's not just a quick blip of five seconds. So people are underestimating how much their work gets seen. And then, uh, you know, as Lynn said, there's the, the viewing when it comes in. There's the time spent um, getting the room set up. And our jurying alone encompasses oh, probably, well, 20, 26 hours of jurying. And then we've got the setup time. So there's hours and hours and hours of staff time involved. And then there's all the time that it takes to notify people. Um, you know, that fortunately has made it a whole lot easier than having to uh, postmark, hand postmark, request hand postmarks of those slides being sent back to artists. But all of that is time consuming. And we need a place to do it. You know, we have overhead, we pay rent uh, on the desk that I'm sitting at now. We have to keep our lights on and pay our gas bill as well. Um, you know, I, I guess I would say to artists, you know, no, not every single penny of that money is being applied to a direct jury cost, but it is being applied to the production of the art fair and um, without those fees, we couldn't do what we do. You know, speaking from a nonprofit model, which most of us are, I think, you know, none of us are out here getting rich. I mean, we're all driving mid-sized beater cars and um, living modestly, and, and you know, Lynn's doing it for free. You know, there just isn't this big pile of money sitting there that I think some artists have envisioned. Okay. Right. I didn't even think about rental of properties and um, office space and things like that. All these things go into making it even possible to hold a jury, let alone mm -hmm. the um, equipment for uh, for the projection and everything. Right. Okay. You know, and, and I'll even say, I'll throw this one out. It's just something that people don't think about. You know, that ZAP has and Juried Art Services has given us all the, given you all the ability to pay by credit card. The shows pay the credit card fees. You know, what, what right. uh, used That's to be $40 that came to us is now $40 minus 3.4% or something because we, we pay the fees so that you have that convenience. Right. Do you accept a payment of your booth fee with credit cards, Mo? Yes. Mm -hmm. How about you, Lynn? Do you? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. I know some shows still don't don't want to do that because they don't want to pay that fee. Okay. Well, I want everybody to know we're already halfway through the show. I'm. This is Connie Mettler. I'm speaking to Mo Riley, who is executive director of the Ann Arbor Street Art Fair, the original, and Lynn Sedlak. Ford from Art in the Pearl in Portland, Oregon, and Jerry Gilmore, who is our resident juror emeritus. No, not emeritus yet. Veteran. Veteran juror. <laughs> the man who's, who's seen it all, seen so much more than a lot of the rest of us. Okay. okay so then my next question is, um, let's talk a little bit about transparency in um, sending uh, invitations. Do you 
uh, there's three questions, Mo. Do you um, have um, do, do you do invitations? Do you uh, from how many returning artists do you have, and do you let people know about this before the application time? In the application. Um, Yes, we do invitations, jury-exempt invitations, based on high score by the jury advisory board, which stays from year to year, um, on site. So of the 2012 exhibiting artists, we have extended 62 invitations to participate, and that includes award winners, 62. There's 10 award winners as well. Um, 62 invitations for people to participate without going through the jury process. Okay. Okay. And this is this information it, is available in your application? Yes, it is. It's stated in yes. our prospectus. Okay. I know that your show used to do a re-invite. They did a rolling uh, category re-invitation with peer jurors. Do you still do that? Well, peer jurors are part of, I, I neglected to say that, peer jurors make up the um, on-site jury. There is a peer, peer juror, so they are involved in the reinvitation process. Okay. And, yes, okay. you are right, every four years um, a category is completely rejuried so that there are no invitations extended in that medium at all unless it's an award winner. Okay. And for instance, um, this this year we are rejurying um, uh, mixed media, uh, clay, sculpture, and wood. So there were no invitations extended. Okay. And and uh, Lynn, how about you? Do you uh, do you send invitations to top scorers or have prize when winners? When you say the top, when you say the t- okay, so I'm a little confused by the top scores. Um, I'm. You're talking pre-jury. I guess um, at the end of a show, do you oh, make okay. a list of people who are going to be reinvited the following year? We do not. Our show is very small. We only have 130 artists. One of the reasons our mm-hmm. show is so good is because we keep it very tiny, and we have three best of show award winners each year. Those three are invited. Um, of our three. Of the jurors who are exhibiting artists, or any of the jurors, if they choose, can exhibit. But I never know if one's going to choose or two, you know, um, or three. That, that it's up to them to decide. Not all the jurors um, of those three choose to exhibit. Um, we have a board of directors, and of all artists, you know, all of us are artists running it. And there may be 12 that choose to exhibit as well as run the show. So basically we have 115, 112 to 115 of that 130 available to, for people to compete to get into. Okay. Is that clear? <laughs> yes, it is clear. I, I got it. <laughs> I got it. But I'm not going to drive from Michigan for, to give it a try because that's, that's, that's whoa, I'm not going to count on that one. Okay. Jerry, um, do you, what, besides um, participating in the, in the image jurying um, process, have you ever done any of the um, on-site jurying at the shows on the streets? Oh yes, as a as a judge, yes, I've done. Um, 
actually did Uptown, which is in Minnesota, Minneapolis. That's the way it's done. I didn't actually juror the artist in the show, but I actually was the award juror for that day, so uh-huh. I actually did that, you know, so to speak, on site. Um, and then Cherry Creek, St. Louis, you will do the jurying process in the wintertime, then you come back in the summertime and actually walk the grounds and give out awards also. Okay, so it's almost a two-part. Every, every, almost everyone I've done, I've actually been the juror also and the award juror, so. Yeah, I think so, that's pretty pretty common that the uh, fairs have the winter jur- juries also be the award jur- jurors. We don't here yes, at Street I, Fair, but it's a yeah. fairly common practice. Well, this is a little bit, a tiny little off topic, Jerry, but what do you see surprises when you have um, been the person in the jury room and then the person walking the streets choosing the award winners? Any surprises there? You mean in terms of what's in the booth, the artwork? Yes, yes. You know, uh, I've made a habit of introducing myself to every booth, shaking their hand, thanking them for applying, congratulate them, and then I can go around inside that booth and I'll tell them which slides we actually saw, and it kind of <laughs> amazes the artist because, you know, they're they're tired and whatnot. But what I'm really surprised about and what I look forward to is if I know somebody's work and I go into their booth and they've got some new pieces that just blow me away, that's such a wonderful thing to see, uh, the progression from artists and stuff and then progressing and keep and sustaining their work. So I have seen a lot of great surprises. And those are the ones that I actually always consider for awards because I really, really respect the idea that they got in the show, the work was good enough to be in the show, and then they just blow me away with something that's brand new, which reflects the series that they were judged into, judged by. That's that's great to hear. Lynn, Lynn, how many shows a year do you do as an artist? I refuse to count. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but but basically, be. Because you are an artist and do the art fairs, you know personally, you know a lot of artists, right? Yes. 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 Okay. So that pretty much when you are, you go to shows, so you know artists and you know their work. Now, if Jerry's been on both sides of this and seeing them on the street, and now some years into it, two thousand, that's nine years, Jerry. You've been doing this. Yep. <laughs> yep. So you've, you're seeing growth and change in the industry. Mo, do you go to other art fairs during the year? Oh, yes, I try to. Okay. I think this is the thing that surprises some people on my, on my website, that art fair directors and people involved in the art fair business really love art fairs. They not only go because it's their job, but they go at additional things and put money out of their own pocket to attend the shows and meet the artists and see the new, the work and encourage people to apply to their shows. And wh- why else would you attend, Mo? Why would you go to another art fair? Well, I think you've pretty much encompassed it. It's, um, it, it. With the exception of just looking at it from an operational point of view, um, that's always fascinating to me. How does this fair do oh, this and how right. does that fair do that? Um, but really it's, you know, I went to art fairs long before I started running them. Um, I enjoy them. I'm a customer, and, and um, it's fun to also fun to talk to the artists 
that when when they're not in your show and you aren't having to yes. work every minute, uh, that's always right. fun too. Right. Well, and I think that's the kind of the thing that I think artists are surprised at to find out that the show directors really know who a lot of them are, even if they've never spoken to them, because they've seen them at other shows. They've they have spent a lot of time poring over their images and the paperwork, administrative things in the office. And I think that... Um, that's that's really surprises people sometimes that how much someone will walk like like Jerry you walk into somebody's booth and say, oh, this is a new piece of work. I mean that is <laughs> astonishing to some of them because it's I it's like it's us versus them you know labor and management. I please <laughs> it isn't. <laughs> this we're all in this together. So okay, um, Jerry, have you ever? Um, now, these, the, the jurors that you've been on, have they all been projection juries where you all got together in one place, or have you ever done it, like, at home? No, they've all been uh, a group of jurors in a one room, and everything's projected. Okay. So, um, I've, and I've actually dealt with 54 different jurors over the last nine years. So, okay. Uh, quite a lot of personalities, and they're wonderful people, but... I've dealt with 54 different people in this process, and it's been a wonderful experience for me. So, okay, I well, I heard something recently about you know some shows um, they will send the imagery to their jurors ahead of time so the jurors can be prepared and have some idea of uh, what's going to be coming up. Uh, Mo, do you have any idea about what do you think about that idea? Hmm, I have not heard that. Um, gosh, I, I and I, I don't know. It's an interesting concept. I know in with the Detroit Festival of the Arts, we did not project. We did the monitor um, viewing, but we did still get together in one room. And there is something about the dynamic of being together and, and having that discussion that I think really um, helps solidify the quality of work. So I would, I, I, I don't, perhaps having the ability to preview the work uh, might be interesting for jurors, but again, there's an awful lot of submissions, and I don't know that we could afford to pay people for this kind of time. Oh, right, That's, well, there's that too, right, right, yeah. okay. Uh, okay, um, I have a, a good question here that I've often heard, I know that artists wonder about it from one of my members, Elle Heiligenstein, and her question for you all, and be thinking about this, when two artists have the same medium, the same quality of work, and they both have great booths, how does a show, how does a juror decide which one gets in? Do they invite them both, flip a coin, or is there some other way to select the artist that makes the cut. What are some of the delineating factors on that? Um, Jerry, do you, are you, uh, when you've been on these uh, juries, are you there as part of the final cut of the actual people do do the show? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. And we yes. had that okay. dilemma before. It's a wonderful problem to solve. What I've said in the past is 
if both say that it's photography, if both of these photographers are allowed in the show, let's separate them on the festival map so they're away from each other, so they're not necessarily competing against each other. Uh, I've never been told, you know, it's the jurors' um, choices to make these decisions. No one's ever told me that we had to cut this guy because he was too comp- or too alike. I think it's the best artwork presented to us over the two or three day period. And then I think the problem is for the festival to actually just separate them so it doesn't look like it's photography row or ceramic row, especially if their work is similar. But as a juror, I would never hold that against an a, a artist. It, you know, there's just so, there's so much talent there in these festivals that what you have to really realize is that if there's only 200 booths, that may be the separating point, but that's determined by each festival, the size, location, and all that kind of stuff. So, but I've I guess, never been a I guess, anyway. Okay. I guess the question is more, what would be, when there are people who have, you know, fine quality and so, a lot of similarity, not necessarily subject matter, but they are, their points are, like, almost the same, how what would be something that would tip one tip it one way or the other? Mo, do you have an answer for that? Well, what do you think? We, we um we don't have a fixed number and if it got down to the the cut line and there were two artists that had scored identically, we'd probably let them both in. Um and instead of having ten in that category, we'd let in eleven. Um or we take we take one and put it put them on the top of the wait list, which means that they're going to get in anyway. Um, in terms of if you had to decide between the two, um, it just comes down to the um, it, it comes down to being subjective. I think at that point by who's ever making that determination and whether it's five people jointly um, and you're averaging the score or it comes down to a show director um, having to choose one or the other, it's pretty hard for for there not to be some subjectivity at that point. But in the end, the other person is going to get on the wait list. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I know that um, both Lynn and Mo, that your, your shows have boards and that makes something part of the policy about how the show is run. Do um Lynn, do you have the power as an individual or Mo as a show the director to reject an artist or to blackball him or her? I hear you hear no. all these things about blackballing. <laughs> Urban legend, they hate me, they hate me, they're never going. To. Do Lynn, do you have the possibility we, no, of we, ignoring? We don't we don't run like that. Um, when we choose our jurors, we respect them. The scores that they give are what holds up. And to answer the qu- the question you asked earlier, if there's two, you know, people with similar work, that is just we enter the discussion. We look at the final results of the scores. If you know, and that's where you know, if there's a one point difference, a person with a one point difference is the one in and the next person drops into the wait list. If they both got in, like Jerry said, we would put them in. We would try to not have them anywhere near each other in the show. Sure. But we do not, um, 
the way our board is run is we divide all the responsibilities of running a show. And every person then is um, in charge of that. Now, I've tried to, because I'm an exhibiting artist, I'm in a really interesting position, I have tried to keep my position as a creator of Art in the Pearl and a board member silent, but it's getting out there. So I'm the one who mm-hmm. actually oversees the jury process. And mm-hmm. we do, I will not allow any blackballing that is completely unacceptable in my opinion. It has to go by the score of what the jurors, when we select the jurors, we respect them, and that's what it comes down to. What their scores are is what their scores are. Okay. We're the, we're the same. It's by, it's by score, you know, and um, you you could, you and I, not that I have had this happen with anybody, but, you know, my the artist and I could not get along yeah. at all, and it <laughs> wouldn't make the least bit of difference. It's all done by jury score. I have no well, say. And right, you want to have a beautiful it. show. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, you want to have a beautiful show, and that, you know, that is, that's, you want to have something that you're proud of. And they better shape up. Oh, no, I didn't say that. Okay. <laughs> okay. It is urban legend. legend. <laughs> it is urban legend, I know. And, and unless, no, I won't talk about the, all the olden days. But <laughs> Okay, here's, here's another question that I hear regularly. I hear artists saying that to applying to such and such a show is just like throwing money down a rat hole. Why would I, you know, they rejected me three times. I, there's no sense in my sending my money in there ever again. What do you think about such a statement? Lynn, what do you think about that? You know, it's a gamble. This whole lifestyle is a gamble. The best shows are the hardest shows to get into. The reason they're so hard to get into is because they're good. You make money. The artist makes money there. And so it is deciding, do I, what is my gamble, you know, what are my options? Do I, you know, is my work going to be strong enough to be chosen? So, <laughs> if you've gotten rejected three times in a row, would you apply a fourth time? If I thought that show had merit and I thought that my work was um, of the quality that could get into that show, yes, I would jury. Yes. Until they finally yes. acknowledged me. <laughs> yes. Okay. And what what about what about you, Mo? Do you encourage people to? Uh, what do you think? You think it, they're throwing money down a rat hole if they've applied to your show for six, seven times and haven't gotten in? Yes and no. Um, you know, I think it, the um, onus is on the artist to really do their homework with the artist directories being available, the images of artists' work being av- available on artist directories on websites now tells people a whole lot about the work that's in that fair. So if your work is not in line with the fair that you're applying to, you are not going to get in. And, yes, you are throwing money down the drain. But if your work is good and you just haven't been accepted, you're not. I agree with Lynn. But I'd also suggest that maybe evaluating your images. Are your images really showing what your work looks like? Um, And with the ability now to enhance images so that they more accurately reflect the piece, 
I encourage people to do that. You know, not not that I'm suggesting that you change um you you use Photoshop yeah. to change the image, but you can certainly make uh, the color of the stone or the stone setting, the depth show uh, more truthfully, actually, um, by using Photoshop these days. Do that. And, um, yes, still apply, please. Well, that that's that's the thing. I mean, if it's... We're not going to go into technical imagery here and all, all of those parts. It's not the point of this. But... If for when we we did art fairs, my husband and I for close to thirty years, we applied to the Milwaukee Lakefront Art Fair every single year. We got in four or five times. Did we stop applying? No, we wanted to be in that show. <laughs> and the other thing, when an artist you know applies to a show, a show that they really want to do. In fact, there was this art discussion on my site this week about the artist sphere jurying. One of the members had attended the. That's a nice little show in, in Greenville, South Carolina. And he was just blown away by what he saw and what it told him about what he needed to do with his images. If artists just complain and they do not do the follow-up and go to see, well, like, who did get in that show, how are you going to know whether this is a place for you or what to aim for? That's the reason, you know, what to aim for, how to grow. That's that's the – I would never say give up. No. And juries change. Every We have one constant, but we have four changing members of each panel every year. So mm-hmm. your, it, your odds of, of getting in change with every jury. Right, right. That's, there, there you go. Um, here's, a, here's an interesting question, and for all of you, but uh, maybe especially for um, Jerry. Because every category has its own outliers, its own set of questions, its own specific kinds of things. Is it should it be porcelain, should it be stoneware? I mean, you know, should it be um, dark room only, or should it be is digital? Every one. And I have a, a, real, a member on my site called by the name of Richard Shearer, and here's something he has to say about leather. He's, I'm a professional saddle maker, silversmith, and I have pursued my craft full and part time for 53 years. I work with barked. Bark tanned, chrome tanned, and exotic leathers producing both hand carved and plain work. Leather is a medium that is usually lumped in with fiber or other. How do you select and or instruct jurors whose expertise in this medium is most likely limited as to the knowledge of materials and techniques? Um, in general, so the question is more, how do you select or instruct a jury where the members really don't have the expertise. He's saying, for example, what he sees in the shows is either um, really um, being chosen leather that is rough and rustic and and or what you might find in upscale department stores. So how how do you, um, when you find, and basically what he does, and he hasn't applied to any of the shows you've been involved in, um, Jerry, for example, but he does hand-carved and plain work with the leather. What about these little more outlier kind of fields of different media? Do you have anything to say about that? Well, first of all, I would think that they would stand out in the process. If we're looking at the fiber category and the leather belts he's talking about are thrown into that category, he's going to stand out. He's going to be one of maybe two of 40 applicants for that category. 
it's still going to come down to his artwork. Is it original? Is it unique? And um, I've looked at leather belts for the last 14 shows, and usually a, a, a artist that works with leather has gotten into every show I've been a part of. Uh, it comes back down to presentation, you know. I mean, we will ask, especially not necessarily the first round, but the second round, we will ask for more specifics. Someone reads off his statement, those kind of things. But if it's if it's unusual, stands out, just like any kind of artwork, it's going to pop out. Uh, I don't think he's going to have a problem. It's just it is it's it's something that a lot of jurors don't know about. But then his his um, artist statement is going to tell us more, and it's really just got to be about art. If it's a, if it's a belt. It's still got to be about the quality of the belt, how, how artistic, aesthetics, all that stuff. It really comes down to it. Is this a fine piece of art, whether it's uh, worn around your waist or whatever? It's still, to me, I'm looking at a piece of artwork. Would I want to own this? Would I want to buy this? Give it to somebody, whatever. So it's still the quality of the work more than anything else for me. And you wouldn't necessarily need to know about tanning and hand-carved or plain work. It would be more about well, I, design, not technique yeah, so much. It's design, it's quality, it's, it's uh, mm-hmm. presentation. And then on the second round, if you wanted to find out more about that, that's when it's read out loud to the jurors. But the first right. round is always that you've really got to impress somebody. Uh, yes, it's a very short period window that we get to view these things at, but it's really presentation. And I've seen some beautiful, beautiful uh, belts over the years presented so uniquely, they look like small, you know, um, buildings or something. They're just beautiful the way they're pres- presenting their work. And then in actual seeing them live, some of those booths are the most uh, professionally presented booths I've seen. So, and they smell good too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> okay, um, let's see here. So basically, he, he was actually he's a saddle maker. So there are not many people in his in his category. So that's yeah. it sets him aside right there. But I understand what you're saying. It make, makes a lot of sense about the quality of what the imagery is and the presentation. So okay, I would. We are really running low on time, but I'm just going to go over a few minutes because I want to know a couple things now, Jerry. When you have done these zap juries, tell the procedure like from start to finish. What happens? First round, the uh, second round, etc. Well, uh, let's just go. I'll, I'll work with Cherry Creek. I've done that festival okay. twice. Uh, first round is, is you know, of course it's fast. We look for presentation, diversity. But I wanted to go back to a question. As a juror, we see this. We do a preview through each category, and you go through it, and then we start the process. So, yes, it's 10 seconds, but we actually do maybe 20 seconds and stuff. And then... The big thing I would say to any artist listening is make sure you you can actually see your images before they're projected. Make sure that's what you want to be seeing. Because a lot of artists, I've done four image workshops in the last year, and some of these artists, the first time they've ever seen their work projected and they're just blown away. It's not the color I wanted. Oh, my God, that slide looks terrible. So that first preview by a juror is so important you got to get past the first round. The second round is when we start talking about things, open up, really have incredible discussions among the jurors, start eliminating things based on aesthetics, uh, jurors' preference, whatever. But 
I got to go back to this. That first round, if you've never seen your work projected, then it's really something you need to do before you start entering these shows. And if you feel like you're losing your $40 fee, it's probably because you've never seen your work projected. The art festival circuit is very professional, run very professionally. The artwork is extremely presented, just incredibly gorgeous, better than applications I used to get when I worked in museums. So these guys that are consistently in the shows are some of the best, and they also are some of the best at presenting their work to me as a juror. Um, but it is round. Uh, the first one I said is, is fast. Second, we start talking. Third one, we really can get into specifics. And if uh, we want to argue about an artist or whatever, those are the incredible things for me. That third third round is when we really start talking and the personalities of the jurors really, really come out. And uh, you get to know these people after 14 of these festivals. You get to know them on a personal level. So, Okay. Um Okay, well, I, you know what? We we have used up our time, and I, I do have a caller. Let's, I'm going to take this caller just in case. I hope it's, well, we'll see. Hello, someone calling from 732? Oh, Area yeah. code, you're on. Hi. Yeah, hello. Um, hello. I wanted to ask, hello. Yes, go ahead. I wanted yes. to ask a question about mixed media and the fact that uh, many people might bring in things that they don't jury in, like jewelry. Like a potter will bring in necklaces. And, you know, people like who make leather saddles. What about people who make other things that don't fit in categories but are handmade? Um, Mo, why don't you answer that? Well, um, we do review on site comparing what's in your booth to what you what you, you were juried in with. We actually print out the five images that the the jurors saw in the jury session and our review panel walks the site. So, we don't allow people to bring in stuff that they're not juried in. Um, you know, in terms of just I guess if you're asking a, for a definition of mixed media, um, yeah, that, that was the second part of my question, I guess. Well, you know, for us, it's um, an, a piece that involves using more than one medium. For instance, um, you use clay um, in a two-dimensional way on a canvas that involves paint and drawing. That becomes uh, mixed media. Our uh, instructions or our rules require that anybody that is wanting to display jewelry of any kind must jury in the jewelry category, and I think that that's pretty common. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. right. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for your question. Um, that We really are out of time. I want to thank... Um, uh, Mo, you're welcome. Mo, Mo Riley from the Ann Arbor Street Art Fair, Lynn Sedlock Ford from Art in the Pearl, and Jerry Gilmore, our resident guru on jurying. Uh, this has been a lot of good professional information. I think of anything that I'm really taking away from this is that from the three of you, how this is this is really a serious business run by professionals, by people who really care, and I really appreciate your time today 
and I wish you well. Thank you for being with me. Thanks, Connie. Okay. You're Thank welcome. You. Bye, Connie. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye, Jerry. We have, audience, we have more interesting shows in the works with some of the nation's top show directors and artists. On our next podcast, we'll be speaking with two top-tier directors on the topic of building the next generation of art show customers, a concern for many of us as we see the aging of the buyers at the shows. At ArtFairInsiders.com, there are already some excellent discussions on this topic. Enter jury in the search box and learn a lot more. Uh, Please give me some feedback on the show at ArtFairInsiders.com. If there's something I've missed in the discussion, let's talk about it there. I'd appreciate your thoughts and comments on the topics, guests, questions, or even technical points like the audio levels and promotion of the show. You could download this free podcast at iTunes in the podcast section and subscribe to it there also. Till then, visit ArtFairInsiders.com. Tell your friends about us, like us on Facebook, and most of all, go out, create, and make money. Thanks so much. Then, Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.